Welcome back to the Confessions of a Leader podcast. I'm your host, C. Priscilla. Right now, I'm in Oslo visiting my family. And if you hear the kids in the background, it's my kids playing with their cousins and having a great time. And I also want to thank each and every one of you who has given me feedback since I launched this podcast last week. I am so thankful for all the lovely messages. So here I am again. It's the third episode. And today we're going to talk about the first of three content pillars or categories this podcast will focus on. And I'm going to share how it relates to my story and give you three steps to build on from this topic. So let's jump straight in. The first pillar is consciousness. It's living and working on purpose and with purpose. It's knowing what you're doing, who you're doing it for, and why you're doing that specific thing. I call this the the what, the who, and the why. And so let's just say that you're a sales manager. So what it is, is it's your job to train, motivate, and lead a team to execute and secure the company's and the individual's goals. So who are you doing it for? You're doing it for the customer. You're doing it for your team. You're doing it for the company. And you can also say that you're doing it to provide yourself and your family with financial security. It can even be you're doing it for your own personal growth. But why are you doing that exact thing? So here's the why. And maybe it's because you're driven by tangible results. Maybe you're driven by competition. Maybe it's because you love watching people grow or you just have a great enjoyment of getting the deal to happen. Or maybe you just love to serve people and finding new ways to raise the bar on the customer experience. So it's the what, the who, and the why. And once you know what you're doing, for who you're doing it, and why, that conscious awareness will be a helpful reminder when facing hard times either at home or at work, or it can be the driving force that you need to actually do the things that you dread. Consciousness is also becoming aware of our strengths and aware of how we show up in this life and how we develop and act in our strengths. It's understanding that playing small, being less than we could be, if only we dared to step out of the comfort zone, robs us of a life where we surprise ourselves on a regular basis and master new areas as we learn and grow. So when I face something new, something I haven't done before, I might dread it to the point where I'm convincing myself it's this huge thing I've no chance to figure out. Like this podcast. I bought the equipment three years ago, but I'm not overly tech savvy. So I convinced myself that this was a difficult thing to do and to figure out. And uh, I found a lot of other stuff to focus on instead. Even if I knew in my heart that this podcast was what I was supposed to do, I heard, because I heard many times uh, through the years that being able to deliver a message in a way that's both educational and inspiring is one of my strengths. So podcasting is a way to leverage that skill or talent. But still, I've pushed it to the back of my mind, and I made up all the excuses I needed to convince myself it wasn't the right time. Uh, I didn't have anything to talk about. I didn't have enough equipment, even if I could probably rent out a small studio with the stuff I already bought. But 
I had so many excuses until I finally decided to become conscious about it. So how did I do that? One day I was cleaning out the storage room in our house. And I'm sure my husband was both surprised and happy when I started. But when everything I threw out of the storage room ended up in a pile in the next room where he watches football, he started to nag me about when was I going to take that stuff that I cleared out from the storage room and throw it out of the house. And I knew that I had no intention of doing anything more about it because my project felt done. I had cleared out the storage room. I was done. But my husband, he wasn't done. He stopped saying anything about it, but he started pushing the pile of stuff in front of the drawer where I keep my clothes. So I couldn't get my clothes out. And this irritated me because I knew he did it on purpose. Uh, and it irritated me to the point where I wanted to tell him to come and push it back. But that's when I decided to allow myself to think about it for a minute without shutting the thoughts down instantaneously. So why hadn't I thrown it all the way out of the house? And why had I felt like I was done when the job clearly wasn't finished? That's when I realized I had cleared out the storage room. So mission accomplished. I felt accomplished. But I hadn't finished by throwing it out of the house because I really didn't care about uh, clearing out the storage room for the sake of clearing out. It was a decoy to keep me busy. Something that made me feel like I did something that mattered, something of importance. So I didn't have to be conscious about the fact that I was not doing the one thing that really mattered, this podcast. So when the, when the heart calls, that little nudge inside, that still voice telling us to do something that's uncomfortable, we push it aside and we direct our focus on something else to avoid the thing we need to do. And when it gets too loud to ignore, we bring out the giant of all avoidance tactics. And in Norway, we would start to riddeboden, which is clearing out the storage room that we've neglected for years. So when you find yourself clearing out the storage room or the garage, stop. Ask yourself, what is it you're avoiding that you know you should be doing? And do that instead. Because I promise you, you will be happier your husband or wife will be happier and you'll have clean clothes to wear. So the what? I do podcasts. I share my knowledge and experience. For who? For people who want more, who want to grow in their leadership and self-leadership, who want to be inspired by somebody like me. And why do I do it? I do it to inspire growth. I do it to help build healthy, courageous leaders for our homes, our workplaces, and our communities. Okay, so the question I finally, honestly had to ask myself, based on my what, my who, and my why, was what's more important right now? To clear out the storage room or figuring out the tech stuff? Get over self-doubt and just start recording. When we become conscious or aware of our what, our who, and our why, and we start taking action in line with our values, we also get conscious 
or aware of others' reaction to our new priorities. Because not everyone will understand this change in the way we think, in the way we act, or prioritize. It's new to them, and it's also new to us. I found it especially difficult to communicate something I still was figuring out myself. I felt vulnerable talking about uh, what I was hoping for in my future when it still felt so out of reach. When we suddenly act with intent towards our desires, something's got to give because we can't do it all and we can't please everyone. And all the little distractions uh, we let ourselves get sidetracked by are like weeds in a flower garden when we have a greater vision for our lives. All the committees, the school boards, the things we say yes to out of duty that we know will steal our peace and joy, they will grow fast and spread like weeds and suffocate the talent and unique gifts that we have. Those that if given the space and care to develop and grow would bring joy and health to our homes, our workplaces, and our communities. I was such a people pleaser, and I wanted to, or maybe needed to, have everyone like me. I couldn't stand it if someone was upset with me or didn't approve of me. But the fastest road to burnout or a defeated soul full of self-doubt is trying to be everything to everyone. So if we avoid living consciously, living on purpose, being deliberate with our time and actions just to please or meet the expectations of others, we simply just exist. And there came a point for me that that was not the way I wanted to live my life. So being conscious is about setting boundaries for ourselves and those who have placed their expectations on us. Some we have to honor, like being an employee. We have to meet the expectations of the agreement that we made with our employer when we took the job. But we can also set healthy boundaries to prevent ourselves from burning out. We can ask for help when we need it. Uh, we can delegate to share the load. We can inform our leader that we have a lot on our plates. And we have to honor our role as a spouse or a parent, and we have to be responsible and love and support them. But we don't have to be our children's private chauffeur to and from the shopping mall we don't have to be their maid service 24-7. It's totally okay to say, take the bus, ride your bike, or you can't go because I'm going to do nothing right now. And spending quality time with ourselves just to think a sentence through all the way to the end without interruption. It's a gift we have to give to ourselves because I've learned that in this world, no one's going to offer it to us. There's always something important we should do or something that someone is expecting us to do. And not everyone will understand. And some might even think that we are selfish for it. And to a people pleaser, the possibility of being viewed as selfish and not caring is hard to bear. But it is necessary in order to get free from it, from people pleasing. And we can free ourselves from it with practice over time. And if I'd known then what I know now, 
I would have communicated more openly about the changes I was doing in my life and why, without seeking approval or the need to be understood. But as I said, it's hard to communicate something you don't fully understand yourself. So maybe the awareness of the process isn't always there yet, and there's nothing comprehensible to communicate. But I do understand that it can be a bit scary to the ones closest to us when we, in a way, withdraw from being the person we have been portraying to become the truest version of ourselves, when we even don't know yet who that person is. I know this is getting a little bit on the deep side, but that's what living and working consciously does. It moves beyond living and working on the surface and brings us into greater observations about ourselves and what goes on around us. And that's where we can grow and develop into healthy, courageous leaders that this world so desperately needs. It's just so easy to let others' opinion of us stop us in our tracks. We feel guilty, selfish, and maybe even wrong for getting in the driver's seat in our own life after living most of it in the back seat. But we need to stop taking ownership for other people's journey in life. Don't let others' lack of desire to travel further stop your journey from progressing. I'm not saying leave your spouse or team behind, but show them your roadmap and tell them why it matters to you. Influence them to cheer you on from the sideline if they don't feel the desire or call to join you. We have this one life on earth and no one knows how much time he or she has. And choosing to live and work consciously, I believe will help us accumulate fewer regrets when our time is up. If I only knew what I'm here to do, if I had a penny for every time I've heard one of my coaching clients or people I meet say that, I believe that we have multiple paths that we can take and directions we can go using our strengths, our skills, our talents and gifts. And I think it's more about developing that path than figuring out one road. So as we start to use our talents and gifts and strengths in new ways, the clear path will develop as we go. And I know that waiting for clarity before you act is a bad strategy if you want to move forward in life. You have to move first, do things, use your strengths, use your gifts and talents, and then your purpose will reveal itself. So I'm going to give you three steps to becoming conscious of how you impact this world and how to bring it consciously and consistently now and in the future. So number one, what do others say about you? What do they say that you're great at? And if you can't remember what somebody has said to you, do what I did. I sent out 45 text messages to people who were either friends, colleagues, former colleagues, former leaders. I sent it to people I've gone to school with and people in my network who I respect and admire. And I said, hello, friend. 
I'm doing a little exercise here and I'm wondering what three words describe me to you. Be honest. If half of the people I sent it to uh, replied, I would be happy. But over 40 of 45, I think it was only four people who didn't reply. And I could see a pattern. Things that stood out was that people saw me as engaging, bold, honest, and caring. I can tell you that it was definitely a high getting all of these replies and seeing that they were in fact the same things that I value highly and want people to see me as. So I knew that what I wanted to be to other people was actually what I was. Number two, there's a free character strength survey and it will reveal what your greatest strengths are. So it's called the VIA Character Strengths Survey and you find it on viacharacter.org. Focus on developing your strengths. Don't focus on eliminating your weaknesses because the more we use our strengths, the more meaning, the more joy, the more flow we get in life. That also builds resilience. Research shows that only one-third of people have a conscious awareness of their strengths. So imagine if we were living in a world where we all knew what we were great at and we used that to the full potential. What would our world look like? The world needs your strengths. They don't need you to hack on your weaknesses or feel defeated by everything you can't do. We need to do the things we're great at and be that piece of the puzzle because without it, something's missing. Number three, be conscious of one of your top five strengths for three weeks and find three ways to act on them. One at home, one in the workplace and one in your community. And write down how it made you feel and what impact it had every night before you go to bed. We have to understand that by playing small and hiding our piece of the puzzle, we rob the world of a need that only we can fill. So being conscious to the fact that if every human being can be the light that guides the path for just one person following, what a different world we would be living in. And what if we impact two or three? I had to battle with myself when I did this podcast because I was thinking that what if nobody listens to the podcast? What if only one person listens? I was talking to myself and I was saying, yes, well, if that one person needs this, then I'm willing to do it. So if you're sitting on the other end and you're feeling like this is something that's valuable to you, then I'm doing it for you. And that's enough. And we have to think about how we impact our family. How do we impact the place we work? And how do I impact my community? And how can I impact them? So my challenge for this week is for you to start thinking about what is your what, your who, and your why. And you don't have to come up with the answer, but you have to start thinking about it. Also, do the three steps. 
Find out what others say about you, what your strengths are, and take the test. Be conscious of one of your top five strengths for three weeks and find three ways to act on them in your home, in your workplace, and in your community. So next week, we will be covering the second pillar or category that this podcast is built on, and that is connection. So I hope you had some insights from this episode. I don't know where I'll be taping next week, but I will look forward to hanging out with you again. I wish you a great day in service to your family, your workplace, and your community. Until next time, nyt dagen 